This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Love having Jeff Schwartz uh, join us because because he's my he's my other O-line guru. I know Mike Santagata is the other one. Make sure you're following along over Bengals underscore Sands. But, man, it's been a busy week for Bengals social media, Bengals offensive line, Jonah Williams. The day after we recorded and talked about him at Right Tackle, his agent released to NFL Insiders that he is requesting a trade. I don't blame Jonah. We've talked about Jonah Williams plenty this offseason. I was okay with Jonah Williams playing at left tackle this year. Obviously, I'm really happy that Orlando is an upgrade over Jonah and then thought, hey, you move him out to right tackle, we'll see how that goes. Understand, contract year for Jonah Williams. He wants to make that left tackle money. But at the end of the day, I feel like Jonah's going to play at right tackle. But what did you kind of take from all of the, the trade demand and, and Jonah Williams' right tackle? It made sense. The contract year, try to get him to play out of position after a down year where he played through an injury. I mean, just fully makes sense. Now, do the Bengals honor it? I mean, what is the point anymore? Who is out there that you need the the money? And when you look back at this free agency, they did a good job. I think the thing that stops it from being like an A rating is just Joe Mixon's still hitting you at 12 million and Jonah Williams is hitting you at 12 million. And for what they're probably going to give the Bengals this year, those cap hits should be lower. Now, I think the guys they signed, slam dunk, you know, hit it out of the park. It's just, man, could you have moved Jonah Williams or reduced the cap hit on Mixon and gotten Dalton Schultz at $9 million? Seeing that deal just makes you go like, oh, one year, $9 million is exactly what the Bengals should be playing in. That's their market. Um, but it is what it is. I don't. I don't think it's a bad free agency. It's just when I look at it, it's like, man, one of the all-in years, and there's a lot of cap going to places that probably aren't going to add a ton of value to this team. We hope that Joe Mixon comes back. It sounds like seems like he's going to be on the team, um, even if they had a draft pick. So comes back and plays at – it wasn't that long ago. Two years ago, he played at a really high level. And I thought at times, especially the five-touchdown game, but at times other than that too – Played at a really good level this year. He's just, he's only a runner. So he's going to be off the field on these passing downs. And is that worth the 12 million? I don't know. We're at the point. It doesn't matter. We move on. And those, I think those cap hits won't be there next year, but going to root for him this year. I mean, he needs to do well. I think I'm going to, I'm going to start with Jonah Williams. One of the things about the Bengals front office, they don't really care if you have an opinion or you want to be traded. Yeah. 
I mean, they're like, okay, we, you want you want to sit right down? Uh, you want to sit there? I, I see Carson Palmer as an example in 2011. Credit to the front office to be able to get the picks they did for Carson Palmer. But it, it's their time. They're in no rush. Uh, it, does somebody want to take 12 million off the Bengals books next year? Then yeah, you're going to sign up. You're going to sign up probably average or maybe a little bit below average right tackle, or maybe Lyle Collins will be good to go at the right tackle position. I know the, the Cody Ford situation, they're playing him, paying him that minimum, which is good to me. If he's a depth piece at right tackle, I don't think he's going to be your answer. Right. tackle. <laughs> the details came out. It's just a $1 million deal. I think he's fighting for a roster spot, to be honest, which is what he's been the past two years. I know some people have been trying to hype it up. He's only given up so many sacks. That's because he's been benched. <laughs> He'd give up more if he wasn't benched. So I think at the end of the day, look, Jonah Williams, he's always been great. His time in Cincinnati, yeah. you never really hear much from Jonah Williams. And, and I do think of him as a person. Um, you know, he hears this news and he's coming back this offseason from injury thinking, all right, I'm going to play left tackle. Oh, wait, I'm not playing left tackle. And I thought I had one more year at left tackle here because I thought as soon as we saw the Orlando news before he said left tackle in some of the insider tweets that maybe they were going to move Orlando Brown to right tackle for one year, but you pay him that for a reason. So he's your left tackle. And I think at the end of the day, if they can't find a trade partner, Jonah Williams is going to be the right tackle next year. Um, it, it, do, do we know what Jonah Williams is going to look like at right tackle? No, we don't know what that's going to look like. That is going to be a transition for him. But as a person, I'd still hope Jonah's on the roster. But if they can get a, a draft pick and they can get $12 million off the book, sign me up. I am all for it for your right tackle position, and, and maybe you bring in another body. Uh, but overall, that's to be determined because every time we record, something crazy happens the next day. Uh, so we'll say that right now, and then by Wednesday, they'll have a trade partner for Jonah Williams. So this might be you know later on. Um, during the draft week or before draft week that they find somebody, but I'm sure those conversations are happening. I just don't think the Bengals front office is in any hurry uh, to move Jonah Williams right now, unless somebody comes calling that they would like Jonah Williams and he should be looked at around the league as a still legit offensive lineman. Um, I know he's, he is an elite. I wouldn't say above average in our terms of above average, but he's, he's okay. He'd be average, okay. Yeah. Average, average, average tackle, and right? Tackle. It's been eight years. I mean, you hope it's like riding a bike, but uh, man, think about where all listeners think about where you were eight years ago. <laughs> like that's yeah. the the Obama administration, two presidents ago. <laughs> so yeah. that, it's been a long time. I mean, man, that, but yeah, uh, I don't think he will do like the Carlos Dunlap that will force him to trade him either. I, I think he just. At worst, he'll just say, I'm not going to play right tackle. And then he's your backup left tackle and you just roll with that. I don't think he'll raise enough of a fuss to really cause an issue there. It is interesting. It doesn't have to be a draft pick. You know, there are some interesting, I mean, this is all speculation. I completely doubt this happens, but I don't know. Just think about like flipping Jonah to a team that's rebuilding and getting one of their older expensive pieces out of it. They take on the cap it for one year. You might have to throw in a pick or something, but man, you look at the Colts and they don't have a good left tackle for a quarterback, a rookie quarterback to step into. So I don't know, is, is like a DeForest Buckner available and you have to probably send something else with that just because DeForest Buckner is really good, but just interesting. I, I, I think the Bengals, have always kind of done those player for player trades more than just player for draft pick trades. So that's just something I thought about lately was uh, yeah. His value in a draft pick only is probably like a late third, fourth round pick just because it's one year and he's coming off a big down year and an injury. 
But what if you could flip it for a player that a team doesn't want on the books for the next couple of years? Look, I'm all for a player that you you know what you're getting. If you can get a player from another team and, and maybe it is a one-year, two-year situation that you're getting for Jonah Williams, I'm all about it because you're going to get him probably cheaper than $12 million. And that's more money for your roster. And and I, I'm I'm all for it. If Jonah Williams is a right tackle next year, I hope he's a good right tackle. Um, and then he plays himself into a good contract year and he goes on another team where they're like, you're a left tackle, probably not going to get paid the high dollar at left tackle, but still get a multi-year contract elsewhere. Um, I Do you think it changes anything when you think of pick 28 for the Cincinnati Bengals right now? Oh, man. If Jonah refuses to play right tackle, it really feels, because Long Collins probably not ready week one. That feels like, you don't want to have that Steelers game again, that week one game where all of the hype is there and deflated by halftime. Like, what is this? What is happening to this team? You don't want to start slow. You don't want to start as slow as you did last year. And, man, the the way that happens is you face a good edge rusher and you've got Cody Ford or Jackson Carmen out there at right tackle, and it's like, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. Um so I almost feel like, man, do you just want to get a right tackle at that spot? That means you'll get a cheap player on your offensive line, which everybody else is expensive except for Volson. So you have three expensive pieces and then there'd be two cheap pieces. I don't know. I, I find that part interesting. I ultimately don't think it should have much effect of what they do at 28. Like, I think almost everything is open at 28 besides quarterback, right? It, even... I don't think I would, even though mock draft had them taking a safety. I don't think I would, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I would be nervous. I've Scott for a year, and I don't know. <laughs> I I probably wouldn't take a safety. I feel like, and this is a me thing. Also, though, I'm just a big Nick Scott guy. Like I started watching, I was like, why are people excited about the other safety? This guy's cool. This guy's awesome. But we'll get to that in the next segment. Uh, but yeah, I, almost everything's open, even though we've kind of. There's a group of fans that are like tackle at 28. There's a group of fans that are Michael Mayer or nothing. There's a group of fans that are now saying Jameer Gibbs at 28. And I am for Bijan at 28, but I don't know about Gibbs. Uh, there's, yeah, there's corner. Like people are like corners, the deepest position in this draft. Go get one at 28. I guess linebacker, you probably also don't want to draft at 28 just because you've got two going to be expensive pieces. When are you even going to play that guy? But yeah, I mean, everything seems open. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Bijan, I'm not sure if you're if you're paying attention to some of these mock drafts. He's falling, falling, falling. Just because falling. he's a running back, man. Like, that's it. Five years ago, he goes top five. What do you do? We're gonna get I still there's more Joe Mixon questions I have, and we're gonna get into Nick Scott <laughs> in our next segment. But what do you we're playing the what if game because we are almost one month from the NFL draft and we can stop playing the what if game. What if he is there at 28? Are you just running to the podium? Yeah, I am. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's not – to me, he's not in that Saquon Barkley, Adrian Peterson level just because I, he's like a 4-4 athlete and he's probably not going to hit as many home runs. He's still a home run hitter. But, man, he 
he's definitely in like the girly area where girly goes like top what i think he went like eighth or something i don't know he's definitely in that like just a step below what i think are like slam dunk no doubt about it all pro talents i think he could easily be an all pro talent but i just don't think it's a slam dunk he gets there i think his floor is probably like i don't know a top 12 running back <laughs> by year three so i'm running to the podium just because there's some other guys I have like fringe first round grades on, but if Bijan's there, that's a clear, clear first round grade and positional value means so much. Like I think if you have two guys around the same level, you go with the, you go with the more valuable position. But if you've got a guy like far and away, your best player on the board, just take them. And it's going to be a cheap contract. Like I think $2 million a year for the next four years and you pick up a fifth year option. I don't know what it'll be by then but you get a cheap running back who's going to be really, really good, and you're pretty stacked everywhere. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, they need a tight end, and they right tackle is scary. <laughs> but, man, I'd be running for Bijan. I'd take him over Mayer. I'm trying to think who all, who all would be there that would challenge this. I mean, I like Cansey, Kalajah Cansey a lot. That would be one but I have a much better grade on Bijan just because Cansey doesn't play the run very well, so... I don't know. I don't think he makes it, but if he is there, I'd run. I'd I just go like, yeah, go get the go get the go get the really 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 talented player. You're picking late enough that this shouldn't matter. And we don't know what their mindset is right now when it comes to the running back position. I feel like, and and maybe they had a difference of opinion when free agency started, but I feel like internally, and I and I put this out on social media today that I felt like free agency for them was more of your Samaje P Ryan replacement. They wanted to bring Samaje back. They gave a very similar number. According to Paul Daner, it was a personal reason for Samaje P Ryan, why he chose Denver. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because I thought he, I thought he had an okay season here last year. And I, I would love to have him in the running back room. I don't think their running back room is set, but it's also the end of March. They're not playing tomorrow. Even Frank Pollock said it when, when asking about the right tackle position in the offensive line. He's like, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. Good thing we're not playing tomorrow. Um, they still have decisions to make, and I think they, that when you look at free agency and, and the, the available running backs left, if they were to bring in a guy, Jared McKinnon is another one, but I think everybody yeah, that's my guy. His, his age is – no injuries. Is you tell tell people why that that would be good, McKinnon. Okay, McKinnon, because he does what P Run does, not as effective as a pass protector, but he can pass protect. He's smart. He picks things up. He's a little slight for that. Hopefully, the Bengals move past their issue with that, or if that even is the issue with Chris Evans. But man, he was the pass protection guy. He was the passing down back for the Chiefs in their Super Bowl. He made the smartest play of the game just to fall down right at the one yard line. I mean, he's a smart vet who brings you not only pass protection that's going to be probably the best you can get either in the draft or in free agency at this point but also he's so explosive still i know he's 31 years old but he's got a little he's been injured but there's not as much wear on the you know like he hasn't been running as much because he's missed years so to me when i look at it it's like he was still making 80 yard plays he beat logan wilson to the end zone and scored a touchdown against the Bengals. I mean, this guy's very athletic, and everybody screams about Pacheco, Pacheco, Pacheco. But when – and this has been the issue is people talk about you can't trust Mixon in crunch time, blah, blah, blah. They didn't trust Pacheco in two-minute drills either. Like, he was the running running back, and then they had a passing down back, which is a lot of teams anymore. And, man, he was, he was just really good. I think of he ended the 
Texans game in overtime, he caught the long touchdown. He had a few explosive plays this year. He just looks like he still has so much juice to me. And I know he's 30, 31, somewhere in there. But if you can get a passing down back that can not only do the pass protection, but also take your check downs 80 yards for a touchdown, that's where you need to be. Because that was the one thing P. Ryan was missing was just the explosion. Like, yes, he could run some guys over, make an exciting 10-yard gain. But if you get the ball to McKinnon in space – if he gets behind everybody, they're not catching him from behind. He's still a 4-3 athlete. So that's what I see in him. I see, like, yeah, passing down gives you the consistency and pass protection that they'll trust him, but also gives you that explosive factor, which is really just what they've been missing in, from running backs. It's just they need a guy that can catch the ball and just go 50 yards for a touchdown because they don't they haven't had that. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that they're missing with this offense. We'll get in a little more Joe Mixon. Nick Scott, I think he's going to be a fan favorite in the safety secondary room next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.